Amen. All right, grab your Bibles, turn to the book of John chapter 10. If you don't have your Bibles, I've got good news for you. Um, our notes, our sermon notes are inside of the app, the Celebration Church app, and there is also a Bible inside of the app that you can read along with me. We're in the middle of a series right now called I Am. Seven times in Scripture, Jesus said, I am, and then he put an adjective at the end of that sentence. And it's so fascinating because if we had to do that, put an adjective at the end of our sentence, I am, and you couldn't put what you do, you had to use a different adjective, uh, so you couldn't say, I am a teacher, even though that would be a true statement, that's more of what you do, not who you are. And so Jesus was defining who he is when he said, I am. On week one, we talked about how he said, I am bread. Last week, we talked about how he said, I am light. This week, we're going to talk about when he said, I am the door. And what exactly does that mean when you say, I am the door, and why is that important to us? So let's dive right into it. Let's read what he said in John chapter 1, verse is, uh, sorry, John chapter 10, verse 1. This is Jesus speaking. He says this, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice, recognizes his voice, and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. I want to stop reading right there. I'm going to pick up in just a moment, so don't uh, close your scriptures. I want to talk about him knowing uh, his, his sheep, his children, if you will, knowing his voice. Because that's what he's saying. He goes, my children, they know my voice. When I speak, they hear it. If, if you are a child of God, the Lord is constantly speaking to you. Um, now, some of you may say, well, I don't know what he sounds like. Yes, you do. You know exactly what he sounds like. If you haven't heard him in a while and you want to hear his voice just to refresh your memory, um, go to the mall today. The Woodlands Mall is fine. Walk into your favorite store. Uh, you ladies, it's probably Nordstrom's. Go to the shoe section, find a pair of shoes you like, and try and steal them. Just stick it in a bag, put them underneath your shirt, just steal them, and you will hear God speak to you. <laughs> and it will re you will be reminded what he sounds, you will hear him say, don't do that. Don't, Frankie was just using this as an example. Don't do that. You will hear him speak to you. That's what the Spirit of God sounds like. It's not out loud, like the way I'm talking. It's soft, it's still, it's right here. 
it is um, so easy to know that it's, that it's him. I heard him speak to me yesterday, as a matter of fact. I was, on, I was riding a bike, um, a road bike, and I was riding um, uh, on one of these streets, and there's a big yellow sign, if you haven't seen it. It says, share the road with, and it's got, and just in case people can't read, it's a picture of a bike. I was riding my bike, and I'm holding the handlebars, and some kid, I know it was a kid because adults are too smart and kind to do stuff like this, clearly didn't want to share the road with me, and zoomed right up on me. And he slams the gas to let me know that he wants me off the road. And so he nearly hits me, comes as close as he could to hitting me without hitting me. And so while I'm there, I'm holding my handlebars, I could feel my middle fingers begin to rise. It was like a magnetic pull. It happened so fast, my mind didn't even, it was like ahead of my mind. It was like, and It was like these magnets in the sky just pulling it like this. And I could hear like God had to talk fast. I could hear, it wasn't out loud, it was just like, don't do it. And I had, the the momentum, the inertia was already in motion. And I I looked next to me to the person that I was riding with, Todd. (laughs) And the Lord spoke to me and said, he goes to your church. (laughs) I said back to him, we weren't having a conversation, this was happening in lightning speed, I don't care. (laughs) And as my fingers were going up, I was telling the Lord, this guy's a jerk, and I'm flipping him off, my fingers are on their way up. This is all happening in lightning speed. This is very important that you hear me say this because when God speaks to you, he will say a lot in a split second. And you know it's him because when you go back to tell somebody what you felt the Spirit of God tell you, it takes you longer to say it than it did for you to hear it. Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. Because it's like this instant, this download. Have you ever downloaded a file into your computer or downloaded it from your computer into something else and you just go click and go bam? Well, it took you like 10 hours to make that document and it just goes bam, just like that. And and that's what it is. It's like the Holy Spirit just bam, just drops it in. It's like this download, boom. And I, I was thinking, this guy is a jerk. He almost killed me. I could just feel his presence of God. I'm still working on him. Just like I am you, and you're the pastor. (laughs) And so my fingers just kind of drop down. You know, I haven't flipped somebody off. I can't remember the last time, but it's amazing how easy it is to remember. (laughs) 
you hear his voice and, and say, just stop, don't do that. It's the spirit of God. Now, some of you are very disappointed in me that I wanted to flip him off and you're upset with me. You're just not saying it. I just want to be completely transparent and tell you this. Um, I'm anointed to preach it, but I got to live it with everybody else. Uh, I was uh, at a Texans... Um, I was at a Texans football game last night and someone turned around and, and asked my wife, uh, he was a friend of a friend that, was, that came to the game with him and he goes, so your husband's a pastor? And she said, yeah. And he goes, does he practice what he preaches? And I was like, I practice a lot. <laughs> I'm always practicing because I haven't arrived yet. <laughs> <laughs> when I got it perfect, I won't be practicing anymore. And I'm still practicing. Is there anyone practicing? I'm just practicing. I'm just, I'm just practicing. I'll, I'll be perfect when I get to heaven. In the meantime, I'm just practicing. Um, and so that's what the Lord says. He goes, when you hear my voice, you respond. And he says, I am the door. What does he mean when he says, I am the door? See, the door, if you can imagine, this is point number one. I've got three points for you. But the door is, is this door into a, a sheep, um, uh, for, for back of a, lack of a better word, I'm going to say a, like a barn or a pen. And what they would do in those days is, is they would stack rocks up in the middle of a field because there wouldn't be, you know, a barn, a random barn in the middle of a field. When you're out uh, grazing and leading your sheep, um, you got to make a makeshift barn. And so they would stack rocks just high enough to where the sheep couldn't step over the rocks or the fence. And so they would stack them up uh, about four or three feet high. And, and they wouldn't make a door. It's not like they brought an axe to go out into some woods and chop down wood to make a door. What they would do, these shepherds, is they would lay across the opening, the gap, and they themselves would be the door. And so in order for sheep to come in or sheep to go out, they had to go through the shepherd. They had to go through Jesus. And I, and I just want to say that if you want to be in a safe, peaceful place when there's chaos all around you, there's only one way into that, and that is through a conversation, through a relationship, through a series of conversing and praying with the Lord, through Jesus, because he is that door. And, and I want to say this, the best way I can illustrate it is, is that you can have chaos all around you, and, but yet still in the middle of it have this peace because you have walked through this door of a relationship with Jesus and you're experiencing peace even though there's chaos around you. I remember when our church was um, one years old and, and um, I went to go visit someone in the hospital and he was about 75. I'll never forget this, about 75. And um, he was, they had, they did open heart surgery on him. And I, I walked in to go visit him and I realized that there was no family there to stay with him and he was in a lot of pain. And he had no family with him. And he was, um, I'll never forget this. He looked at me and he said, I'm afraid to be alone. I'm afraid. And so I decided right then and there, I'm going to spend the night in this room because 
if this was my father, if this was me, if this was anyone in my family, we would have family members that would spend the night in the room with us. So I just met this man, I'll never forget, he had silver hair, a silver beard, and he looked at me and he said, I am afraid. And so I grabbed a chair and I said, well, I'm not leaving. I'm, I'm staying here for the night. It was about nine o'clock when I came to visit him. I called Allie and said, I'm just gonna stay here. And I slept as the best I could. It wasn't a room with a bed like, or, or even a couch that would unroll a bed. So I'm in this chair and I'm falling asleep. And I can remember he, he went to put himself asleep by praying and he forgot that I was there. It was about one o'clock in the morning and I opened up my eyes and he was laying there and he was saying this, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, I love you so much. Thank you, thank you. And he forgot that I was there. I could barely see, my eyes were squinted. I had sleep in my eyes and I looked over and I could just see him with just, just the glow of the lights from all the monitors and machines around his bed. I could see his, just a little bit of his face. And he just sat there and said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I realized something that I'll never forget. He's fighting for his life. His whole world is completely chaotic and he's alone. But at some point, he walked through the gate. He laid there in his bed and he started calling on Jesus and he went to a place of peace even though he was surrounded with chaos. He was all alone. The only one he had was Jesus and he's sitting there and he's going, He's not saying, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm panicking, like he was saying a couple hours ago. Now he's sitting there going, thank you, Jesus. Now you may say, what are you saying thank you for? I don't know, I didn't ask him. But what he was experiencing in his spirit, in his mind, in his heart, was so wonderful that it overshadowed all the worry and concern that was going on in his life. Jesus is that gate. When you and I are experiencing high levels of stress and anxiety, we have got to walk through that gate, that door. And it's always a whisper away. Point number one is he's the gate. Point number two is this. Anytime there's a door, you're either on the outside or inside of that door. If you walk up to your car, when you walk up to your car, your truck this afternoon to get in it and go home, when you walk up to that door, you're on the outside of that door. Right now, you're on the inside of those doors. Every single door you look at, someone is either on the outside or the inside. My question to you is this, if Jesus is the door, are you on the outside or on the inside? You know where you're at if you just kind of have an introspective look at where your heart is in regards to the things of God. The Bible says this, that he will give you a hope and a future. Now, what is a hope? Hope is a, uh, is a, is, is a, is a synonym for anticipation. 
And so if you have anticipation for the things of God, like you really believe that God has something good for you, even though you are in a real funky season right now, you know that God is in control in some way, somehow things are gonna turn out. You are on the inside of that door. You are, you are, you are pursuing him and, it, and, and walking with him and having a relationship with him. But if you feel like you don't have a hope. There is no anticipation. There is no sense of something good is going to come out of this. Something good is on the other end of this. There is only despair, discouragement, lack of sleep, full of stress. Um, the things of God bore you, irritate you. There, it's, it's like enough. Stop talking. Is it time to go to Luby's yet? But when you're on the inside of the door, you're experiencing peace and anticipation and hope. That's when you're on the inside of the door. You know, it's a very interesting thing because when you're on that inside, you'll experience things that you'll say, why is this happening to me? And I would like to introduce a thought to you. Maybe nothing is happening to you, it's happening for you. Because it's moving you from one place to another. When something happens to you, you respond by moving in a different direction. Uh, when somebody rejects you, you respond by going into a different direction. So oftentimes, rejection gives direction. And so if you go apply for a job and they say, no, what do you do? You turn around and you walk out away from them because that rejection gave you direction. If you propose to a girl and she says, oh God, no. Well, guess what? <laughs> you know that's not the direction that you're supposed to go. <laughs> I take it you've been there before. <laughs> Uh, you know that's not the direction you're supposed to go because we go where we are celebrated, not where we are tolerated, correct? And so we begin to respond. Um, I, how many of you have played on a pinball machine before? Just kind of raise your hand. Um, if you are younger than 20, you're probably thinking I'm talking about an app or something. But... <laughs> It's not an app, it's actually a game, it's a physical game that you hit, it's not even in your phone. Um, but nevertheless, a pinball machine, you, you, you for just to refresh everybody's memory, there's this little lever that you pull, and, and when you pull it, there's a spring mechanism that once you pull it and let go, it hits this brass marble, not brass, um, what is it? steel marble and it, it shoots up the side of this pinball machine and the ball begins to drop down and it's your job as the player, as the controller of that ball to keep it from going in this gutter. But the ball is coming down, it's on a downward slope. And so what you have is you've got these paddles, right? These little paddles all over the place. And as the ball is dropping, anytime it's going in the wrong direction, you wanna take your paddle and hit 
hit that ball to get the ball to go back up to where it's supposed to go. And, and where it's supposed to go is the top side of the slope. You want to get it in this top side, this safe zone where there's, it's a, it's, it's, that's the point of the game is there's a bonus up there for achieving that. And so as the, bre- the, the steel ball is coming down, there's these paddles that you're hitting to get the ball to go back into its proper direction. And sometimes when we're living life, we're getting... (laughs) And and all we're, why is this happening to me? It's not happening to you, it's happening for you. It's pushing you in the right direction. Don't go that way, don't go this way, don't go that way. It's not personal, it's spiritual. Oh, that was good. That was good. It's spiritual. It's the Lord. It's the Lord pushing you in that direction. And you say, I wish you would just tell me. Calm down and talk to him. And you will hear that same voice right down in here, the same one you would hear if you tried to steal shoes at Nordstrom's. It's quiet. It's soft. It's right here. And it's usually saying something like, it's going to be okay. These, these moments, I know, I know they hurt, but I'm bringing you somewhere. I'm, I'm taking you somewhere. Are you, are you on the inside of the door or the outside? I want to show you a picture of uh, some doors that the Lord created. He spoke um, and had Solomon build a temple Now, this temple, Solomon's temple here, uh, there were three doors. One, two, three. This was the outer court, the holy place of the temple, and the holies of holies. Now, right in here, there would be a long line of people right down here that wanted to walk through that door, that gate, the entrance gate, a long line of people. And what they would do, they're standing in line and they've got... Uh, a cow or they have sheep and the people that didn't have much money they would have pigeons Um, but they would all have sacrifices and and they wanted to walk through this door and bring a sacrifice to the priest who would be right here and he would take the animal and he would sacrifice the animal uh, as a burnt offering to the Lord And I've been there myself in Israel. It's fascinating because you don't realize that if a priest is killing that many animals, there is a lot of blood. You don't really think about that. So there is a trench, uh, like for lack of a better word, a, a, a drainage system or a ditch that leaves from this area out here and then all the way down where the blood goes. It's, it's unbelievable. But the only people that come through here are the people that want to tell the Lord, I am sorry for my sins. So there are people that are here, but the people that have no interest in going through that door are standing over here somewhere. They're over here having fun. They're over here living their life. They could care less. They're on the outside of the door and they have no desire to be on the inside of the door. But when they go through the inside of the door, these people, and they begin to seek repentance from the Lord, the Bible says this, that times of repentance brings refreshing. 
Repentance brings refreshing. So whenever we come before the Lord, we say, I am so sorry for my sins. Have you ever realized that if you've ever said that, you begin to feel better at that moment because refreshing and repentance go together. It is his gift for asking for repentance. He doesn't penalize you, he refreshes you. It's unbelievable. So people who walk through this door, and I ask for forgiveness and repent every single day. I can think about it most of the time, several times a day, for two reasons. One, I am sorry for my sins, but two, I want refreshing. I've got another motivation. I'm stressed out of my mind. I'm discouraged. I'm down. I want to be refreshed. Well, in order to be refreshed, I guess I'm going to find something I need to ask forgiveness for. The Lord sees my motivation and it's good. He wants to be refreshed. He wants to clean out his heart. So they go through this door. Let me ask you, is there anyone here that's on the outside of this door? And then only the priest would walk through this door. This is the holy place. I don't have the time to unpack what happens in the holy place. But let me just tell you this that there is a progression of intimacy that takes place from repentance all the way to the Holy of Holies, where his presence is so wonderful and so awesome and so amazing that when you experience it, you don't want to experience anything more in your life except for more of his presence. And once you experience his presence, you will be ruined for the rest of your life because all you'll want to do is stay here 24 hours a day, seven days a week. One time, Jesus brought Peter, James, and John up on top of a mountain and he allowed them to feel his presence like that. And Peter, James, and John said, we don't want to leave. Can we just build a church right here and just not ever leave? And Jesus said, no, I let you experience my presence so that you would tell other people about it and bring people to my presence. Now let's get off this mountain and let's go share with people. And what Christians do even today is we get a small scent of this and we just want to stay here and we forget that our assignment is to experience and then share. Leads me to my third point. The third point is simply this. If Jesus is a door, what are we? If Jesus is the door, what are we? And I would just propose that just maybe we are the handle. We're the handle on the door. See, the handle is not the door, but it's connected to the door. And people have to grab the handle in order to open the door. Maybe we're the handle. Maybe we are that connection point that people experience first before they walk through. And if we're not the handle, maybe, watch this, maybe we're the welcoming mat. I've been thinking about this. The welcoming mat, um, when you see the welcoming mat and it says welcome, it's like, oh, I'm welcome here. I don't know how many people are on our greeting team or on the dream team at Celebration where you make people feel welcome. But here's another characteristic of the welcoming mat is you get overlooked 
Because people are looking at the door and they step right over you. And so a lot of times people can't be the welcoming mat for very long because they haven't received enough celebration themselves to keep their own tank full of satisfaction because they haven't been in contact with the door themselves to get it. So you operate as the welcoming mat, not connected to the door, and you're just constantly being overlooked and stepped on. But when you're connected to the door yourself and you realize it's my role to welcome people, you don't mind being overlooked. You don't mind being a little dirty. But if we're not the doorknob and we're not the welcoming mat, maybe we are the viewing hole. See, when you're the, the, the purpose of the viewing hole is to see what's going on on the other side of the door. Maybe people look at you because your eyes are the window to your soul and in your soul is the presence of God. And maybe they look through your eyes to see what's on the other side. Just maybe. But one thing is for sure, he is that door. And there's an outside of the door and the inside of the door and we cannot settle for being on the outside. And the Lord wants to use you as he is the door, as an extension of himself. And so I am going to champion once again the importance of being in and a part of a life group. Now, there's some of you that think to yourself, I will not be a part of a life group if you write me a check for $1,000. How about $5,000? Ray, write him a check. <laughs> Here's the thing. Being available for God to use is the most important thing you will ever do in your life. And when you are sitting in a life group, people will ask, how are you? Tell me about your relationship with God. And that may feel really awkward, but it's going to help somebody. You may not need a life group, but I promise you people need you to be in the life group. And I want you to sign up for that today out in the lobby. Let's all stand to our feet for me, please. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Nobody looking around, please. If your heart were to stop beating in the next five minutes, have you walked through that door? Is, do you have a relationship with him? Is he the Lord of your life, the Savior of your life? Do you have a relationship with him? If the answer is no, I don't, but I want a relationship with him. If that's, I want that. Would you just raise your hand right where you're at? The hands are going up all over the room right now. If everyone could bow their head and close their eyes and just raise both hands as a sign of surrender to the Lord. Let's say this simple prayer all together out loud. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I want to have a close relationship with you, Jesus. 
thank you for your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. Keep your head down and eyes closed. There's no official dismissal. You can leave whenever you get ready. But let's sing this song one time through before you leave. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine down upon you. May his countenance be lifted up on you and deliver you. May the grace and peace of God be with you all the days of your life. In Jesus' name, amen.